you know, out there on the interstate, um, I don't think we're anywhere near ready for this. <laughs> you know, we we, um, we still haven't perfected the internet and cellular connections. And, you know, the ELD is proof of that. I have uh, malfunctions every day that are the result of um, <clears throat> dropped cellular connections, you know. I'm Todd Dills, and this is the Overdrive Radio Podcast, the first such for the new year. So, happy new year to all here, and uh, indulge me in a look back to the recent past now. In November, to a little fanfare in the trucking press, of course, Car and Driver magazine began promoting a shortish documentary film titled, simply, Autonomy. The focus? Technologies that are changing the nature of driving in U.S. car culture and that hold a huge long-term import for the livelihoods of those who work on the road. As one review had it in the headline, new documentary Autonomy makes the convincing case that self-driving cars will change everything. The big question though, of course, change how? And what about trucking? Among the technology skeptics featured in the documentary was an overdrive reader whose name many will uh, recognize here. Longtime owner-operator Debbie Desiderato who's been trucking in one form or another since she came to the United States from her native Australia decades ago, now running independent with her own authority. Um, I'm in Virginia right now. I kind of live in both places. Um, I've spent the last 22 years up in Long Island, which is not a very truck-friendly place, as we know. <laughs> um, but I just bought a place down in Virginia in the uh, foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. So it's my... My little hideaway for some peace and quiet. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I can bring my truck home and park it right in my yard, which is nice. And, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I started walkabout transport in 2012. Uh, before that, I got my DOT authority back in 2002, and I started uh, car hauling. I was car hauling up in the northeast. And um, nowadays, that's too much work for me, so I just pull a dry van, <laughs> open and close my doors, and that's about it. <laughs> and uh, okay. pretty much pretty much run all over the place. I do a lot of trade show freak, so I do a lot of Las Vegas and, um, you know, downtown Chicago and San Francisco, wherever the convention centers are in the big cities. Um, including New York City. I'm in there more often than I, I would like, but that's what pays the bills. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I work for myself and, um, you know, try to stay compliant. I just got a level one DOT inspection the other day, and as he's writing up the report, I said, well, do you want to see my logs? He goes, uh, okay. And I said, no. Do you want me to email them to you? He said, yeah, sure, sure, send them here. So I sent him my, my logs, and before he even opened the email, matter of fact, he, he didn't even open the email, but he gave me a clean level one, and I'm like, okay, you guys are probably just as disgusted with the ELDs as we are. <laughs> he, just, he just didn't want to be bothered, you know, with the logs, so he just wanted to know that I had them. 
where 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 was this? This was in Kentucky, um, over by what state was I in? Uh, I don't remember. It was somewhere in Kentucky, but uh, you know, did a full level full level one on the truck and uh, and just you know didn't give a damn about the logs and he he really just couldn't be bothered and I really understood right. that. But you know, I could have had seven days of violations and. He didn't care. He didn't even want to look at him. <laughs> so uh, I was pretty happy with that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you, you come across that kind of thing um, uh, time to time. And, yeah, I have talked to uh, inspectors before that are, uh, you know, do we want to sit there and comb through all this uh, all this electronic data that we now get from these things? No. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we figure if you're using one, uh, you must be, you're probably pretty close to accurate because you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't leave an electronic trail like that to incriminate yourself. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. At the same time, yeah. you know, maybe, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, but, um, you, you told me, I believe, uh, some time ago that you had, uh, you've been doing all this trade show, right? But you've recently gotten set up with a, uh, a broker that was pretty heavy into, uh, military general freight. Is that right? Yes. And that doesn't seem to be working out too good. <laughs> um, oh, okay. That I'm, yeah. It seems that I'm always in the wrong place at the wrong time. So, um, you know, I'm trying to get on a roll with them, but, it just doesn't seem to be happening. So um, for right now, I'm sticking to the trade show freight. It's what pays the bills. You know, I can I can count on that. But uh, you know, I was trying to get into the military freight, and you know, did all that uh, registered as a woman-owned business, and and um, you know, registered in SAM, which is the Systems Awards Management, and got my cage code and and SCAC code and all those things, you know, j jumped through all kinds of hoops and, you know, that took forever. And You had to bump up your insurance too, didn't you? Yeah, bumped up my insurance, got $2 million of uh, general liability and, you know, which didn't cost me much, but it, it still is an expense. I think it only cost me... Um, Cost me like four hundred and eighty bucks or something to add that. Um, and that was that annually, right? Annually, yeah. Um, I mean, I I pay I pay pay pretty low insurance compared to a lot of people. Um, and you know, I know a lot a lot of people are really getting taken advantage of with insurance. Um, it's just the way it is until you've been doing it for a few years. You know, it's. Like twenty five thousand, thirty thousand for one truck. <laughs> right. You know that's crazy. Yeah, that's, so, been, that's really taken off those those really high rates for new folks uh, in the last several years, and I can only suspect. I mean, I can only uh, imagine that it has to do with just the sheer number of folks getting trying to get into uh, the business as uh, independents. And uh, the very, very few uh, insurers out there that will actually cover anybody new. Um, you know, yeah. everybody's got to get started. And everybody's got to start somewhere. And everybody's got to have insurance. So it's just like that. It's like total supply and demand imbalance. 
killing folks like that. Wow. Yeah. It, it's definitely rough. The first few years is really rough because, you know, while you fight the insurance rates, you're also, you know, trying to get in with brokers that, you know, don't really want to use somebody that hasn't been around very long. Um, so you're, you know, you're getting the lower rate lower freight rates and higher insurance premiums it's really rough and you know a lot of people just don't make it but you know if you go like five years straight with no claims no accidents no tickets then you know your insurance drops considerably and you get a bit more negotiating power as well um that that makes a, a big difference Owner-operator Debbie Desideranto was fresh off a trip to a local shop for replacement of the four batteries in her Kenworth when we talked last month. And our talk proceeded from there, ranging over the uh, experience filming for the flick, as well as her skepticism when it comes to the rush among tech companies and other developers to be that first one uh, to quote-unquote level five in autonomous driving, where you can, at least as a practical matter, take a human totally out of the driving equation. She wasn't the only commentator in the film to question whether our society's allowance for such an eventual move was prudent, as you'll hear. Yep. Just had to run my truck down to the shop to get some new batteries and just made it back in time. <laughs> yep. Is this, uh, is this something that you um, uh, typically do this time of year, or is this just something that, uh, that presented itself as needing to be done? Yeah, it just needed to be done. You know, I've been, if it sits more than a day, then I got to jump it, and my car doesn't want to jump it anymore. So <laughs> the batteries are only maybe two years old, but seems to be that's all you get out of a set of batteries anymore. You know, you used to get three, four years out of them. Now it's like two. So, hmm. yeah, I figured I'll just get new ones, be done with it. <laughs> Is this so, a big uh, truck or is this a pickup truck? No, nah, it's the big truck. Yeah, yeah four, four new batteries. Wow. <laughs> last, yeah, last time cost me six hundred bucks. So, but I'm at a, I'm at a small shop now, like a local neighborhood mechanic. So, hopefully, uh, they won't charge as much as the truck truck stops do. That'd be good. Right. Your truck is a... Remind me what your truck is, Debbie. My truck? It's a uh, 2012 Kenworth T660. Got that beautiful uh, kind of gold color, eh? Yeah. Yeah, Aztec gold, they call it. (laughs) My car is the same color, and I'll be painting my motorcycle the same color this spring. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm looking for a guitar the same color. <laughs> <laughs> kind of addicted to that color, I think. <laughs> it sounds like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I watched the autonomy documentary uh, from Card and folks uh, from Card and Driver. Um, yeah. That was quite interesting in terms of, you know, it mostly looked at. It, well, it looked pretty broadly at the. At the idea and uh, the and the reality, uh, approaching reality of, of of 
big pieces of machinery that drive themselves, and mostly uh, what they were talking about in there were uh, passenger cars. But but uh, yeah. you had they interviewed you uh, in a little bit of a segment on big trucks, and that was a short. Uh, it didn't last very long. Your your appearance in there, and they had a lot. They talked to a lot of people in that uh, in that documentary. Yeah. I thought it was pretty well done, but. I was just curious to if, to know, you know, what that was like for you being a part of that, and you know, when when it kind of took place and how you came to be involved. Like, yeah, the production company was looking for somebody, you know, a truck driver who had a fairly strong opinion either for or against autonomous vehicles, and uh, you know, it, they needed somebody who could be available. And you know, didn't need approval from a company or something like that. And it's kind of hard to find somebody like that, you know. So uh, they were they were filming in uh, Indiana. The, the filming took place probably about eighteen months ago now. And um, you know, I was able to get a load out there, and you know, just get there on time. And and uh, we filmed for about twelve hours. And you know they they did they took some great shots I think um, you know they had a drone filming and and then they I was following them they were in a minivan in front of me and they had the back door up and they were filming from that and we we're driving through a sleepy little town in Indiana at sunrise which was really cool and um, yeah I, I'm against them. You know, for big trucks, I think in controlled environments, I think they're great, like on college campuses and stuff, like it, it showed in the documentary. You know, maybe on you know on private property, like like shopping malls, and may, maybe in you know small villages where the speed limit's 25 miles an hour, that kind of thing. I think it's fine, but you know, out there on the interstate. Um, I don't think we're anywhere near ready for this. <laughs> you know, we we, um, we still haven't perfected the internet and cellular connections. And, you know, the ELD is proof of that. I have uh, malfunctions every day that are the result of um, <clears throat> dropped cellular connections, you know. You know, it's pretty scary to think you know, that these machines are going to be out there, you know, with nobody behind the wheel. And that is the ultimate goal, is to get rid of the driver. Um, and they say, you know, look at the money we're going to save on shipping. Well, <clears throat> look at the money we don't save by using a, uh automated checkout system in the supermarket or you know, an ATM, all these things that got rid of, you know, human involvement does not save us any money. In fact, it costs us money, like an ATM. <laughs> you know, we pay three or four bucks, you know, to, to have an automated teller. So <clears throat> it's not going, it's not going to save, save us any money on shipping. You know, it's going to line the... 
kind of like shifting the cost of things from one place to the other is the is the is the dynamic that you have going on there right like in, in terms of when we think about atms and i guess you could probably say the same about uh uh there's probably some of the same dynamic that would result um with uh autonomous vehicles as well yeah i don't think it's in the best interest of the public or the consumer you know, it's in the best interest of the software companies and the corporate fat cats, you know. That's about it. I, I think it's a dangerous move. I think it's irresponsible for the states to allow this. And when they know nothing about it, um, they're just kind of opening up the gate saying, yeah, come on through, you know. We won't stop you in Louisiana or Florida or any of the states that are, you know, welcoming autonomous vehicles and I, th I feel like it's going to take you know several casualties before you know they have any kind of laws to regulate them you know right. but um yeah I, I, and, and besides all that that's a pretty long unemployment line that they're aiming for you know when they looking to replace over-the-road truck drivers you know, sure we're yeah. getting old, but but you know I I I planned on working for another fifteen twenty years behind the wheel. You know it's probably not going to happen though, and they're talking as soon as twenty twenty four I think um, that they'll be fully autonomous and replacing you know starting to replace truck drivers. So estimates do vary on this, of course. Starsky Robotics, whose trucking operation is based out of the Dallas area, noted back in August that it was getting very close to the point that it could feel comfortable in certain rather short freight lanes in its network and taking a driver out of the cab to rely only on a remote driver from point to point. Such a remote driver in this particular company's vision of a more automated driving future is that uh, in that future the driver would theoretically be able to handle multiple trucks from one set of controls in an office. Yet. Such control of more than a single truck at that point at least remained uh, somewhat theoretical. Since then, there have been reports that the company's idea to prosper as a small fleet as it tests its technology hasn't uh, been realized in just the way planned. I reached out to a Starsky rep in advance of this podcast in an attempt to confirm those reports of a bit of downsizing there. I didn't hear back in time for it. Starsky, it's important to note, has focused its efforts on rather short, repeatable lanes with a goal of turning the job of driving into an office affair, something akin in my mind to that of an air traffic controller with direct safety responsibility for a machine out in the real world that more or less controls itself on the highway. For Desiderato, this sort of approach, turning over machine control of what is perhaps the simplest part of hauling, the high-stakes, high-speed highway driving, simple only in being more or less along roads with somewhat predict predictable trajectories. Uh, take that away from human control, Debbie says, and you eliminate a principal attractiveness of trucking. And yeah, there's a bit of a joke in there, too. And, they, you know, they're looking to take the best part of trucking away, in my opinion, which is the long haul. You know, who wants to do the local stuff where you're actually working? <laughs> you know, driving and traffic <laughs> and... And, and, and backing up the docks and getting loaded and unloaded. That, that's the worst part of the job. The fun part is crossing the country. You know, so 
and and that's the part they're taking they're taking away so I'm not happy about it you know yeah there were some there were plenty I mean there were plenty of people in that documentary that um, like you weren't the lone you were not by any stretch the lone voice uh, among folks there that were kind of uh, skeptical or sounding the alarm about this, uh, about the the kind of um, full speed ahead attitude that that you hear from a lot of folks okay. that, re- that really push this issue. When you were in the process of filming and being interviewed there, uh, how much of a sense did you have of you know how this um, this documentary was shaping up and some of the other viewpoints or or, you know, did you just find out about that like the rest of us did when we watched it later? Yeah, pretty much that. Like, I didn't yeah. know a whole lot about it. You know, it was, like I say, it was filmed about 18 months ago, so it was all still pretty new, but I knew I wasn't going to like it. <laughs> um, I knew that, you know, we're not ready um, infrastructure. The infrastructure, I don't think, is ready for this. Um, and you know, drivers as a whole, like you know, car drivers, everybody. I don't think we're ready to share the road with these things, and and I don't feel like they'll be sharing the road. I think you know, cars will be viewed as an obstacle, you know, in the way of these trucks. It concerns me that, you know, they're taking the whole human good judgment out of the equation and relying on like a black and white, you know, go or stop kind of thing. I love that there was a little moment where um, I think it was a little bit of a clip from Trevor Noah um, where I think he said something like, uh, you know, we talk about, I don't remember if he said this or not, but he said something like, uh, there, was a statement, there was a question asked, like, you know, whose autonomy are we talking about here? Like, <laughs> and he's right. like, we don't, like, we, we don't want to be, uh, we don't want to be killed by a machine. We want to, I want to be killed we'll be by killed Dave. killed by Dave. Know? I, think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, that was funny, uh, but it's the truth. It, 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 it sounds scary to be killed by a machine. You know, much scarier than Dave. You know, Dave has a heart. He'll try to kill us gently, you know. But a machine, wow. Yeah, it's it's all pretty scary. Um, you know, I don't like the future of where this is going. And, you know, I just think it's so irresponsible of the government and the states, like, to, to allow something that they really know nothing about. You know, like what happens when a bird poops on on one of these lenses? You know, the the truck is going to be a series of you know camera lenses and and sensors. If you ever if you ever drove through a plague of bees or something, you know you need a jackhammer to get that stuff off your windshield. You know, if they okay, they got little mini little tiny windshield wipers on the lenses or something well most of the time you know you hit a bug or like plague of grasshoppers or something like that it's going to take more than a windshield wiper and some fluid to clean that so does that you know render the 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 camera inoperable 
you know, on that side of the truck or whatever. Things like that scare me, you know. I mean, there are, I think they talked about this in the uh, the documentary at some point. I know we've certainly written about the the issues that, you know, winter, um, heavy snow or even light snow uh, driving kind of present to these the kind of autonomous technologies that are out there now. And I, th- I think there are some, uh, there have been some measures of improvement or there over the years, but it, I think it's still an issue that that, that a lot I, I of the kind of driver assist, yeah, driver assist technologies don't really work so well uh, in those. Uh, in those yeah, they're either, they're yeah. either go or stop. And, you know, the, the, there's a reason we don't use uh, cruise control and jake brakes on slippery roads because they're too like aggressive you gotta feather the gas pedal you know when the vehicle's operating you know like with cruise control it'll gas on it too hard and you can spin and you know because it, it's like a go or a stop thing black you know and Anybody who's, you know, in trucking knows there's nothing black or black and white about driving a truck or the industry or the hours of service or anything, <laughs> anything related to trucking. Um, it's just not black and white. You have to use judgment and a computer doesn't have that, you know, and probably neither does the guy controlling it, you know, for those who will be driving trucks remotely from an office that are not required to have a CDL. Like, there's another scary thought, you know, uh, which is probably going to end up being, you know, minimum wage employees driving tractor trailers from an, from an office. So there's, I know there's different levels of uh, autonomy. Um, and it's a race to level five because that's where they replace us completely. And that race is very concerning because, you know, the first one out the gate gets the lion's share and the same as anything, you know. So, you know, they're kind of racing towards it. And we know what happens with all these recalls. You know, they they race to look what happened when they race to comply with EPA in 2010 you know they put all these after mm-hmm. treatment trucks on the road and they're nothing but problems you know and recalls with truck manufacturers all the time for minor things like brakes and steering you know so all that is a big concern and i think there needs to be some kind of you know governing law on these companies that are racing to get autonomous trucks out there. It's like the wild, wild west right now. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of like uh, a lot of the testing is, you know, there are some, some cases, a lot of, there are some, there are a lot of states that expressly sort of forbid the um, uh, testing of some of these trucks, you know, without a, uh, in, in a in a like a fully autonomous type of mode at this point, but they, but like you said, like you sort of mentioned before, there are states, of course, that allow it, and um, yeah, you know, and just don't don't see it as a concern that uh, there actually be an operator even in the vehicle on some 
some stretches of road, but yeah, it's uh yeah, I don't, I don't think they know really what they're allowing. They need um, to maybe watch the documentaries. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's um I think it's I think it's worth watching that 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 piece, you know, I'd I'm gonna go back and watch it again and you know, I'd recommend others out there to do to do the same and it kinda it, it does give a you know, pretty pretty broad picture of, of sort of what's happening, particularly as it relates to um to car the car makers and and where the technology is kind of coming from and all i mean all that stuff kind of also applies to to big big trucks yeah that's right yeah well well you see now you know on the news um you know somebody will be driving by an autonomous car and the driver is sound asleep (laughs) Um, oh yeah and and that's making news right now so and that's just the car. <laughs> so, like one of these, like like a Tesla with the autopilot function, or some of the other some of the other cars out there have that same kind of functionality. I mean, Tesla calls it autopilot. Basically, all it is is um, you know it's cruise control with lane keeping, right? Like, um, yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. There's been obviously, obviously there's been uh, there's been lots of mishaps with that, uh, or at least several, and they're pretty high profile when they happen because they're. Here's the right. kind of people. But yeah. <laughs> a couple involving trucks, you know, big white big trailers. Yeah. Yeah. Big yeah. And then who nice things like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then who were they gonna sue? Is it the truck manufacturer? Is it the software company? Is it the 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 lens camera company? It's I think there's issues with um um, the responsibility for uh, mistakes made, you know, where does it fall? Yeah. Is it the hardware, the software, the manu- you know, the truck manufacturer? The, what is it? <laughs> the sensors? So it's, I think we've got a long ways to go on it, but, you know, they're, they're racing to get them out there. The chaotic nature of the real world intrudes, as always even on a podcast discussion about the future of autonomous driving technology. Speaking from our home in Virginia, where Desiderato splits time with a place uh, in Long Island where she's lived for many years previously, the owner-operator uh, and a friend's dogs made themselves well-known. Oh, sorry, the dogs are barking. Tune back into Overdrive Radio later in the month for further discussion with Desiderato about a scam a fraudulent operator tried to pull with a broker falsely using her business's DOT number. Basically, what the crook was after was fuel advance money from the broker on a load. Luckily, the broker's spidey senses tingled appropriately and she contacted the listed number uh, with the authority and got Debbie, of course. Have you encountered such a scam yourself? We'll have further reporting on it in a near future issue of Overdrive. If you've got a story to share about investigating such a case, call 530-408-6423 and leave a message on our podcast line. We'll be in touch. Again, Happy New Year to all of you. Stay pro out there. <laughs>